Good to see everybody this morning. Man, we serve an awesome God, and I, and I hope you uh, can see that a little bit clearer before you leave here today. And not only that, but I hope you're able to take the things that we look at today and the things we've looked at last week, and I hope you're able to take them from Sunday morning and then carry them on in to the following week. And really, only when you're able to do that will you, able to, will you be able to enjoy so many things that God wants you to enjoy. It's, you know, God is, it's, you know, it's just kind of like with our own children. You know, you don't want to just see them once a week, you know. You want to see them on a regular basis, right? I, you know, I just love it, you know. And, you know, when I'm able to see our kids every day, I mean, I, I, I just love that, you know. So I want to encourage you to take the things that the Lord shows you on Sunday or on Wednesday night and then take that with you into the next day. It's kind of like, you know, like when you, when you studied for a test, you know, in school. Well, I know some of you didn't, didn't study. I know some of, you, some of you didn't. But for the ones that did study for a test, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's one thing just to read over something one time and, or to hear something one time. You know, the chances of you remembering that are not very, not very good. But, you know, if you read it today and then you read it the next day and then you read it the next day, you know, after a while, you don't, most don't even have to, have to read that. You, you know it because you have read it and you put that down inside of you and, and you have that. And the importance of that is because then when the enemy comes, when life trials come, you've got the truth inside of you. And then you know what's a lie. And you know what's trying to lead you astray. And then, and then you, so you have the truth inside of you that will hold you on track. Amen? Amen. 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 This morning we're going to be talking about the heart of a loving God. The heart of a loving God. Now, we're going to look at different scriptures this morning, but I'm going to start in John 3, 16. And, you know, and really, the heart of a loving God, we should bring this to our mind, and we should think about this during every prayer, during every life situation. We should bring to the forefront of our mind that we serve a loving God. You know, and so much in this world today, we look at chaos everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's, you know, there, there's Christians being slaughtered overseas. You know, you know this, uh, we always talk about all of these different ethnic groups or, or, or different uh, groups of individuals that are being, being treated badly and being scorned. And well, let me tell you what, there is no group that's being scorned more than the believers in Jesus Christ. None. But nobody's going to stand up for you. Nobody's going to stand up for us. So, so we can look all around the world and we see all kinds of chaos going on. But when we go to prayer and when we have situations in our life, we really need to bring the, the thought, the truth that we serve a loving God. Amen? 
The world will try to convince you otherwise. The devil will try to convince you otherwise. And maybe even your friends will try to convince you otherwise. But the truth is we serve a loving God. John 3.16 shows us that. It says that God so loved the world. He loved the world. Talking about the people in the world. We serve a loving God. And the next thing we see, and it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We serve a loving God and we serve a giving God. He wants to give to his children freely. Just like we want to give to our children freely. You know, over the years, over the years I've had to have some serious thoughts and conversations with myself and with my wife about spoiling our kids. And I had to ask myself, you know, am I spoiling them, you know? Am I spoiling them? And then, you know, but then lots of times I realize that I have seen kids spoiled rotten that don't have nothing. Spoiled rotten, they won't listen to their mom or dad or their teachers or grandmas and grandpas. They won't listen to anybody and they don't have any material goods whatsoever. But see, God wants to bless. His, is there anybody, any children of God here today? You see, God wants to bless us. He wants to pour out his goodness upon him. If you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Genesis. Genesis 12, we'll start there just for a moment. Genesis 12, 2. This is God talking to Abraham. And remember, we've, the last couple of weeks, we've looked at how the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Genesis 2, the first chapter, the beginning. But it's so important for us to remember that we serve a loving God and we serve a giving God. And God wants us to have his blessings. Genesis 12, 2, and it says, And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. Now, here's this next part is what I want you to notice. So you shall be a blessing. God wants to bless you. He wants to pour out to you. Not so that you can stuff it in a closet and, and store all of these things and me, 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 mine, 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 and nobody else's. No, he wants to pour out a blessing upon you so that you can be a blessing. blessing. Well, I, you know, I hear people say sometimes, well, well, pastor, I just don't have enough to give. Other people say, well, I make way too much to give. <laughs> I can't give 10%. 10% of what I make would be a lot of money. And other people say, well, 10% of what I give, that wouldn't be enough to make a difference. Hogwash. Hogwash. You know what I've seen? And I, I bet this will bear witness with you. I have seen people that have very little assets, very little finances, and they have the most generous hearts. You ever seen that? You guys haven't. Have you guys ever seen? You guys ever seen anything like that? 
where people, they have very little, very little to live on, but they have the most generous hearts. And then you flip that over and we, you can see this in the world. Just pick up the newspapers and look on the internet. People have millions and millions and all kinds of assets and they wouldn't give you a nickel if they thought it'd save your life. You see, it's not about the money. It's about being blessed so that we can be a blessing. Amen. Amen. It's true. Turn over to Genesis 14, 14, 18 through 20. This shows us, of course, it's, this shows us that Abraham paid his tithe to Melchizedek, and it says, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out the bread and the wine. They was having a ceremony because, reason they was having a ceremony, because Abraham was getting ready to bring his tithes, and it was, an, it was a special occasion. It wasn't just something that they'd just done, just flimp it and didn't give it no thought. No, it was a special occasion, all right? Let's go on, verse 19. And it says, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham of the most high. Now, let me just say this morning, for everyone that gave their tithes and offerings this morning, I want to speak that over you, just like Melchizedek did over Abraham. I want to say, blessed be every one of you by God the most high. Amen. Amen. And it says, verse 19, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God the most high. Notice this, the possessor of heaven and earth. Let me tell you what that means to me. God is a possessor of heaven and earth, and he just prayed that God would bless Abram. And I just prayed that God would bless you because you have been obedient by bringing your tithes and offerings. And it says here, that God is a possessor of heaven and earth. That, let me tell you what that means in case you don't know. In case you don't know, that means God has whatever you need. He's got it. That's what that means. Do you need finances? Do you need forgiveness? Do you need love? Do you need mercy? Do you need grace? You need strength? You need boldness? What is it you need? God is a professor he possesses heaven and earth and everything in between. Amen. Glory to God. That, that's why when the scripture says, when the scripture says that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you, not, you cannot contain, we always get off on that and we think it's talking about money and I'm sure part of it is money because the, the streets of heaven are made of gold, Okay. But primarily what God is talking about is the important things of life. His love, his mercy, his goodness. How many of you need that? Every one of us do. Amen. Verse 20, that says, blessed be the God most high. Notice this who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Glory to God. Now, sometimes I don't even know about you, but even sometimes when I'm sitting right here at church before I preach, sometimes I have to remind the devil that my enemies have been delivered in front of me. Sometimes 
Sometimes I have to remind the devil, no devil, my family serves the Lord. No devil, you can't have my family, not even one. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you what, if, if you don't have that mentality or if you don't have it yet, you need to get that mentality. Because sometimes, until you take a stand like that, sometimes, I really think this is true, the devil is hard hearing. Did you know that? I think it's in Revelation somewhere. <clears throat> so sometimes, you know the Bible says to stir up. You know the Bible says that? It says to stir that stuff up inside of you. Talks about stirring up the gifts that God has placed inside of you. Well, you know what else it's talking about? It talks about stirring up those promises that God has given you that just lay dormant in there because we don't have the, the gumption or the faith to speak it out and declare it. Amen. We've got all these blessings, but we don't have the gumption to get up and declare it and stand before, stand before God and say, God, I believe you and devil, you're a liar. That's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Galatians 3.29. Galatians 3.29. And it says, now this is part of the, uh, this was written by Paul. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. This is one of the Pauline uh, epistles. And it was written by the apostle Paul to the church at Galatia. All right, so it was written to a church. This is after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This could have very easily been named, uh, and instead of Galatia, it could very easily been named Orchardville. All right, or First Baptist, or First Methodist, or First Christian. It was written to believers after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's very important. Galatians 3.29, and it says, if you belong to Christ, well, is there anybody here that belongs to Christ? Okay, well, it's talking to you, okay? Now, if you don't belong to Christ, you can belong to Christ. You can ask Jesus to come to your, into your heart at any time. Let us know at the end of the service, all right? And it says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants and an heir according to to the promise. Now, let me tell you something. Heir according to the promise. Now, let me tell you something that many of you do not know. Are you ready? Are you listening? All right. Jesus Christ came to this earth to, to deliver you from your sins and everything that you've done wrong, right? He came so that you could have eternal life, right? Well, he also came so that the blessings of Abraham might be come to you. That's right. Not only did he die on the cross for your sins, but he also died so that the blessings of Abraham might come to you. You see, you see God is concerned about our eternity and whether we go to heaven or hell, but he's also concerned about the here and now. Right now. God is concerned. See, I never have bought into this. You know, uh, I just believe that God wants us to be able to, his children, he wants his children to be able to pay their bills. I think that's right. He wants you to make your house payment. He wants you to make your car payment. And you know what? 
Uh, even even the, the people sitting alongside the road, he wants you to have enough to give them a couple bucks. Kind of along that line, let me, let me just tell you a side story. <clears throat> we went we were down at Marion Friday. Friday, I think it was, we were down at Marion and there was a, <clears throat> there was a gentleman sitting there and Ori, Ori said, I want to give him some money. And I, you know, I was like, okay. And Chris said, wait, he was there Wednesday also. <laughs> and he was. So I guess maybe he's there Monday through Friday. I don't know. Maybe he's, you know. But anyway, see, God wants us to be blessed, but he wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. You know, I, I, I had a man tell me one time, and I think this is true too. He said, he said uh, I've never had a poor man give me a job in my life. I think that's true. Not that we have to be rich, but God wants us blessed so that we can be a blessing. He wants us blessed so that we can give a job to a young man or a young lady. He wants us to pay our bills so that, so that we'll burden everybody else, right? He wants us to pull our own weight. You know, actually, Abraham, you know, he turned down a vast gift. Somebody, uh, uh, who was it? Was it, uh, I forget who it was right now. Just, it's just my mind. But anyway, he was going to give him a, a great gift. And Abraham said, no, no, I don't want anybody to think that you made me rich when I know good and well, God made me rich. You see, some, sometimes we get that mixed up ourselves, even as human beings. We think, man, I am a smart guy. I knew what stock to buy. I knew what, I knew what to invest in. I, you know, I knew how to run a business. Man, I'm, I am a smart guy. Wrong. God wants you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing. You know, I, you know, I just never have bought into that, that God wants us broke and, and just barely getting by. And, and I, you know, I hope you aren't thinking, oh, no, one of them prosperity preachers. Well, no, I tell you, I just, that's what the Bible says. Now, do you just want to come, do you just want to come and hear a poverty preacher? Do you want to hear that? You guys are going broke. Go home and start selling all your stuff. And I don't know what, I don't know. Buy a bunch of cows. I don't know what to do with it. But you don't want to come and hear a, a poverty preacher, do you? Let me tell you what. If you hear a poverty preacher, they are not preaching the word of God. You see, God don't care what you have. As much as you have, he don't care a bit as long as it don't have you. Now, the moment, now the moment it has you, God's got a problem with you. And it don't matter. You know what? You can have a dollar, and if you won't give God that first 10 cents of it, that's a problem with God. You see, that's what God wants. That's kind of his, that's kind of his, uh, I really think that's kind of his breakthrough area. Let me tell you what I mean by that. God knows how important money is upon this earth, right? He knows that, 
right? I mean, he knows all. And money is important. Of course, we all say, oh, it's not that important to me. No, no. Not until the end of the month rolls around and then it gets all important. <clears throat> but God knows how important it is. And if he knows, if he can just get us to trust him with that first 10 cents out of every dollar that we make, if he can just get us to trust him with that, more than likely, we'll trust him with everything else we got. More than likely, if we'll trust him with that first 10 cents out of every dollar, more than likely, we'll trust him with our children. More than likely, we'll trust him with our decisions. More than likely. Let me tell you what else I've learned over the years. You know, I've learned over the years that if, if, I, will, if I will obey God just from what the Word says, just do what the Word says, my heart will follow my actions. Has anybody noticed that? If your heart will just obey God, or if you will just obey God in the natural or if with, you, with your mind, your heart will follow. Let me give you an example of that. You know, I have people in my life, I've been hurt just like everybody else in here. And there's people that I didn't want to forgive. But I determined in my mind, God, I am going to forgive them because your word tells me to. And then every time that, that thought or that persons would come up in my mind, I said, no, I've, I've forgiven them. And you know what? I hadn't forgiven them no more. But you know what? There, after, after a few days, maybe a week, maybe a month, that would come up in my mind. And you know what? It's like, wow, I don't feel bad toward them no more. All of a sudden, sometime or another, I had forgiven them. Why? Because I just trusted God's word. I trusted God's word and my heart followed. Same way for you. God's no respecter of persons. But it's all by faith. Every bit of it's by faith. Let me tell you what, when we first started, we first started tithing, we didn't know any better. We just got saved. We was young, me and my wife, we just got saved. And, and the preacher said, well, you're supposed to tithe. We said, okay. If he, had, if he had told us to do anything, we said, okay. Okay, we will. That's what we would have done. And just by the grace of God, did we have 10% to give? Absolutely not. But you know what? As we look back over the years, and we've talked about this numerous times, and even when we was in the middle of it, numerous times we would wonder, well, I don't know how ever we got everything paid and, and everything is fine, even given our 10%, but it is. You see, that's the script. The scripture says that God will rebuke the devourer. You know what else it says? It says for his namesake. He's going to rebuke the devourer so that you will look good because you're a child of his. Have I told you about my daughter? I have. She's beautiful. She's a platinum blonde and she is a, she's beautiful. She's beautiful inside and out. You know my son, Ori, right? Where you at, Ori? Right there he is. H have I ever told you about my grandson? All right, just by chance, has Dave or Elaine not told anybody here this morning about their new grandson? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> they just got one just a few days ago. Okay, here's my point. We want them to look good, don't we? 
We want our children to look good. I mean, not just look good. We want them to, we want them to be good. We want them to have a good heart and, and we want them to follow God and we want them to be kind and forgiving and loving. We want them to do all that thing. And guess what? God wants the same for us. He wants us to look good. <laughs> Amen. I'm not too sure he's concerned about our, you know, about our face, what, how beautiful we are or our hair, how long and flowing it is. But he wants us to look good. Because when we look good, he looks good. Yes. See, that's the reason I never have bought into this uh, poverty stuff. Because, you know, just think, uh, I have, when we first got saved, hadn't been saved just, to, no, it was before we got saved. Probably a year before we got saved. <clears throat> we went and visited some friends and they had just gotten saved and they was talking about paying their tithes and how God had blessed them. They had a new house and how God had blessed them. They got a, just a super good deal on the house and stuff. And you know, and I just know the whole time they was talking about that, the Holy Ghost was telling me that's the God they serve. That's how good their God is. You see, it pays to serve God. It pays financially and in blessings, but also pays inside the heart. Because see, God wants your heart to be open. He wants to be soft and see, so he wants us to be a blessing so that we can be a blessing. You know, I'll tell you what, Ori, if you know him very well, we will walk in to a room full of people and I'm pretty observant when I walk into a room full of people. You know, I see everybody and try to greet as many as I can. I'm, I, I try to be observant. But I'll tell you what Ori does. Ori walks into a room and he looks at, and somehow, some way, if there's anybody in that room that is hurting or, or is down, he knows, he goes, just like that, he goes right to them. Ask them if they're okay. Are you all right? Can I pray with you? You see what he's doing? He has been blessed, and now he's been a blessing. You know, sometimes we don't have to write a check to be a blessing, right? No, 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 we don't. We can be a blessing many, many ways, and that's what God's goal is, is to bless us so that we can be a blessing and bring him glory. Matthew 7, 11, it says, so if sinful people, notice this, no, if sinful people know how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts? Wake up, bear. I'll call you and others out too, so. I'm gonna have to repeat this. I'm gonna have to repeat it now. Just because of bear. Are you listening? Okay. Hey, I will say, bear just become the proud owner of a new logging company. That's right. And that reminds me of another story. I'm going to tell you another story about him, okay? And now, now this is how God works. This is how God works. <clears throat> okay, he had been in prison, what, seven or eight years? Seven and a half. He knows exactly how long he's been in prison. <laughs> and three or four hours. <laughs> okay, so he was in prison. He come up for parole. And that, I was pastoring at Wayne City. And he was sending a tithe check. It was like a dollar and 50 cents. 
he would send a dollar and 50 cent tie check to the church. All right? All right. Remember that, okay? So he comes before the parole board and he says, he says he just seen it, didn't feel like it was going very good. You know, it just wasn't going his way, he didn't feel like, until something happened. He said, they asked him a question. And they said, Mr. Gregory, we see that you send a small amount of money to the first Christian church in Wayne City. <laughs> and they said, why do you do that? And he said, the moment they said that, he knew he had it. <laughs> yes! That's right! <clears throat> That's right. Woo! Hey. He wants uh, God wants us blessed to be a blessing. And he wants you to obey him so that he can work in your life. Give him give him room. <laughs> Let him get in there. <laughs> okay, this is my friend so I can talk on here about him. Okay, I'm gonna make a joke. This guy has no business owning a logging company. He's not smart enough, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> hey, you know what? I don't know if you know it or not, but the last time I said something like that, he leaned over and said, shut that mic off for a minute and I'll, I'll make you think. <laughs> no, he does. He's a hard worker and, he, and he's, his family was, was a logging family and he's gonna do good. My point is, a dollar and 20 cents, a dollar and 50 cents, it, don't, it won't get you nothing. You. It might buy you a soda that'll be gone in five minutes. But if you'll give that 10% to God, he will take you places and do things with you that you could never do on your own. Amen. Amen. Praise him. Amen. It's true. It's true. Stand with us, please, as we go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we worship you and we praise you. We thank you, O Lord, for your word that we can look in your word and understand what you think. We can understand your heart and we can understand what you want us to do by looking at your word. We thank you for that, Father. Father, I'm so thankful that we have a God that wants to communicate with us. I'm so thankful we have a loving God that wants to bless his children and not just his children, but the whole world. He wants to bless the whole world. I thank you, Father, that you are, that you care about the children in India and you care about the children in Mexico and in Honduras and all around the world. You love them all. Father, I thank you, Father, that you have called us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of great corporations in America. Ford Motor Company, GM, Google, and they've all got a plan. They've all got a financial plan. They've all got a plan on how 
they want things done. But you know what? As great as they are, there is none of those companies that's greater than the body of Christ. Not a one. God's plan has worked longer and harder than any of their plans ever will. When disaster strikes, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's a tornado and everything is destroyed, does GM show up? Does Ford show up? Does Google show up? No, it's the body of Christ shows up and has for thousands of years. You see, God's got a plan and his plan works. The thing is, we have to buy into that plan. We have to activate that plan. And we do that out of obedience to Him. And if we don't, and if we don't understand it or comprehend it yet, we be obedient. And after we're obedient, sooner or later, our heart will follow. Amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.